0: our healing is central to the healing of our home and our children. Um, I think that's really empowering and encouraging, honestly.
1: Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. When it comes to postpartum periods, what can we do to encourage healthy cycles? And what do our cycles tell us about our health status? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 226 of the Happy Home Birth podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and today we are speaking with Leisha Drews, a holistic hormone coach and host of the podcast, Happily Hormonal. Leisha is going to help us understand how our hormones postpartum will affect the return of our cycle and what we can do to support those hormones and thus support our entire health and well being. And then, once you are finished with this episode, jump over to Happily Hormonal and listen to the interview that she released with me this week, too. Okay, now before we jump in, just a quick reminder that my heart is to serve you in your preparation for both home birth and postpartum. While we're able to cover the surface of a number of topics on this podcast for free, if you are looking for an in-depth and step-by-step approach to preparing for your happy home birth, I would love to have you inside of Happy Home Birth Academy or the Home Birth Collective. Inside of Happy Homebirth Academy, we prepare diligently for your empowered home birth experience, including postpartum and the Homebirth Collective. Well, it's all that and so much more. We focus on the transition from maiden to motherhood and prepare on a foundational level so that you can experience motherhood from a place of sacred comfort, feeling grounded and joyful beginning in pregnancy. So the link to both of those programs can be found in the show notes. Don't forget to use the code podcast for 10% off at checkout for being a loved listener. Okay, let's jump in. Please remember that the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. And the show is not medical advice. It's an educational tool. So continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Leisha, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Homebirth Podcast.
0: Yes. I am so excited to be here and honored to be here. I have been listening and loving everything, every episode that I've listened to. So truly feel so honored to be here.
1: Oh, well, that means the world to me. And it was so fun. Alicia and I met at the craniosacral fascial training that was hosted in Greenville. And it was just so much fun meeting other like-minded women, mothers um, and just being able to connect so getting to connect again um, is is so fantastic and you've got so much to offer our listeners. so would you mind just taking a few minutes here at the beginning to
0: introduce yourself and your family to the listeners? Yeah yeah so I'm Alicia Drews. I live in Norman Oklahoma with my husband Stephen and my three kiddos. My oldest daughter is eight and a half and then I have a, a little boy who's four. Almost five. We're about to hit birthday season again in our family. Um, And then I have a one and a half year old son as well. So, over the last few years, we've been really building our family. And um, my history is that I was an RN in the hospital and went to nursing school right out of high school. So, I started pretty young and spent about 10 years almost 10 years in the hospital before I fully transitioned out. And as I was in the hospital, we were going through our own health journeys. My oldest daughter had some, had a healthy birth and a healthy everything and started to have some asthma symptoms around two years old. And basically this was my experience. I think that God just really allowed my eyes to be opened at that point. And I'm so glad it was so early in my motherhood to, we were going to the doctor for her. And I was just getting told like, it's fine. Like she's just going to have asthma and you just need to give her these three medications. And I remember my intuition that I'm so glad I listened to was just like, no, like this is my baby and she should not be sick. Like we're, I'm not taking that as an answer. And from that point, you know, the rabbit hole, you just go deeper and deeper and learn more and your eyes are open to so much more. But that was about, I think right about five years into my nursing journey, maybe six years. And so as I was working in the hospital, but still, but learning a lot more about nutrition and gut health and really like, praise the Lord, he has totally healed her from her asthma. It was a short stint, maybe a year or so that we were really struggling with that. And the more that I learned and the more that I saw changes happen in my own family with my health and her health, and even my husband, I was just seeing in the hospital so much more that so many of the same people were coming back and they were coming back sicker. And I was working with an elderly population. And so, you know, that's sort of to be expected. But when I kept seeing that, I was really feeling like I wasn't able to make the impact there that I wanted. And what I wanted to do was support families in changing their health early enough that they weren't so sick Mm -hmm. at age that we kind of expect people to be sick now, like 60 or 70, right? Like that's not necessary and it's not normal. And so really like that, that started my journey of wellness and towards, I don't know, toward the end of my time in the hospital, I had my second son and then I had been really looking into nutrition and I wanted to do some sort of program for nutrition um, and I found functional diagnostic nutrition is the one that I actually ended up going through with. And so I became a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, which was like a huge mouthful and started my own business. And I really kind of started with a more broad focus, but then started to focus more specifically on hormones and something that you have said to me. Was that you really wanted to focus on working with pregnant women because it would change the health of their entire family, literally for generations to come. And that's exactly why I work with moms and why I work with women on their hormones, sometimes before babies and often mostly after babies and between babies, because it does truly make such a difference the way that we're nourishing ourselves and the way that our mindset changes and. I absolutely love working with moms because it not only changes their health and their family's health, but it changes their experience of motherhood. And so that's me, that's what that's what I'm doing over here. I
1: love that. Yeah, it's kind of that idea of you can't pour from an empty cup. And I think as mothers, we are so quick to self-sacrifice. Like, oh, I'm not gonna worry about me. I'll just take care of everybody else and do everything for everyone else and and I'll be fine over here. But what we miss is that no, actually your health is the centerpiece of the family. <laughs> and and actually mm-hmm. healing you is what heals everybody around you on so many levels. And so I love that that's what your focus is. And I am sure that you see that again and again in your practice where mom heals. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, and my daughter suddenly isn't having these issues anymore. And my son's better with this. And you probably didn't Mm -hmm. even work with them, but mom healing makes the difference.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think when we can realize as moms that that's the case, we can take some of the shame and guilt off the table that it's selfish to take care of yourself. Because personally, I grew up with a mom who loved us so much, did everything for us all the time and did it with a lot of self-sacrifice. And of course, there's going to be self-sacrifice in motherhood. 100% I'm here for that. And we can take it to a level that is unhealthy and feel selfish to even do like the basics for ourselves. And so really like starting to scale that back and realize exactly what you said, that our healing is central to the healing of our home and our children. Um, I think that's really empowering and encouraging, honestly. Yep.
1: And it, it just takes me back to the, like, what do we do on an airplane? Like, oxygen mask goes on the adult first because right. we have to be functional to long-term care for those around us. Um, mm-hmm. So I just wanted to bring that up at the very beginning because I do know that sometimes it can feel like... Oh, but you know, my family's got this and this and this going on, and I really need to focus on them. And I'm fine; I'll be okay. I'll just keep going. Right. Um, but recognizing, well, yeah, that is that is one option. But for long term success, let's look at let's look at you. Like let's let's see what's going on. Um, so I'm so excited for us to do that with you today. And one of the things that I I'm so excited for us to discuss is this postpartum. Nutrition, yes, and also postpartum periods. That is a topic that we have not gone in depth into on the podcast. But oh my word, have I, you know, I have a Facebook group, and boy, are there so many questions when it comes to postpartum to postpartum hormones, to the periods coming back to like, what's normal? Is this okay? Is this not okay? Um, So that is where we are going to start today. Um, So thank you for being willing to have this conversation. This is going to be so enlightening. Periods are my favorite thing to talk about. So (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love that so much. Okay. Well, then let's let's get started. So, let's say that this is we're we're talking to a first-time mom here maybe who hasn't hasn't had her first postpartum period yet. What kinds
0: of expectations should we have? Yeah. So, the first thing that I want to say as a a blanket statement over postpartum hormones, postpartum nutrition, postpartum periods, like I know we hear in our culture that postpartum is just rough. It's normal to feel depressed. It's normal to feel anxious. It's normal to feel like crap because you you know, you know, don't shower, you don't eat, you don't sleep, right? It does not have to be that way. Again, there will be some self-sacrifice, but it does not have to be a hot mess express. So I just want to start with that, that that expectation does not have to be there. When we're talking specifically about periods, To help someone understand what to expect with their postpartum period, I would always go back to what were your periods like before this baby or historically in your life. If you have had bad periods always where you have, again, this is not normal by the way, if you're listening, If you have really painful cramping, really heavy periods, lots of PMS mood changes like depression, anxiety, irritability, overwhelm all before your period for a week or for multiple days. Um, If you're on the couch because you have so much period pain, if you have really big hormonal breakouts, if you have um, breast tenderness or just like your period is basically like the worst part of your month, then that is not normal. And if your period is like that before a baby, it might be like that again. Now, some women have a baby and their periods get better. That does happen. And it's not necessarily something that I expect. So I'm always going to check in with what was your period like before? If you had great periods before your baby, very likely your periods might still be just fine. If you had bad periods before your baby, let's ask why. And let's work on things while you're pregnant, while you're postpartum, before you get that period to help support that period to be better. So it doesn't mean it's just a sentence of like, you have bad periods, so you're always going to have them. But like, let's ask why. Let's look at your lifestyle. Let's look at your nutrition. Let's look at your minerals. Let's look at your gut health and your hormones. And it can sound like a lot of things, but the beauty of hormone balance and the beauty of the way God created our bodies is that actually some of the most basic and simple things that we just think we can't do because we're moms, like take care of ourselves and eat regularly Make a huge impact because of the way everything in our bodies work together mm,
1: yeah that's that is really, really helpful to understand, kind of that like if if we had a dysregulated period before giving birth, then it's quite possible that that's what you know we should be expecting initially uh, but it sounds like there are a lot of things that we we can do to change that um what do you say like so you're saying that we can go ahead and begin focusing on this before we even get to that first period what does that look like especially in the midst of this postpartum
0: experience yeah i would love to dive into that and i will one thing that i just realized that I know is always a question is like, what's the normal time to get your period back after baby. So I just want to make sure we don't miss that. And I want to talk about that. That can vary a lot, which is the most annoying answer for anyone who wants like a real answer, but it can vary a lot. Something that I have seen is that I've seen, you know, women get their period back at like four or six weeks, which is like out of, out of the norm. In my opinion, it definitely depends if you are breastfeeding, if you are breastfeeding, It's much more likely that you won't get your period back for longer, Um, but it truly can vary from like right away, a month or so out to anywhere past about 18 months, I would consider to be something to start looking into and even maybe past 12 months if you're having other symptoms, but definitely that first year, if you don't get a period, it doesn't mean that something's wrong. Um, And it's varied for me quite a bit with my babies. So my first one, it was like 10 months. My second one, it was 18 months and my third, it was like 13 months. And Mm -hmm. so it was different. And so I think it can be different for you, each baby, it can be different for you than your mom or your sister. So as long as we're looking at your metabolic markers, like, do you have a good, um, a good, strong temperature in the morning? Are you paying attention to your temperatures? Are you paying attention to your pulses? I can go I can go I have resources for you know learning more about those things I'll definitely share because that could be a whole other thing in itself but like we're always going to be asking like what's going on as a whole versus just focusing on my period's not back something must be wrong. So mm-hmm. timing on periods I think that's always a question. But going into like what can we do? And actually Alicia I have a I have a
1: question. This has come up a few times and it actually happened to me which is why I know about it. But I'm curious to hear. So One thing that I've seen a number of times, moms will be like six weeks postpartum and be like, oh my gosh, I just got my period back. I don't understand what's happening. Like I'm breastfeeding. Why is this happening? Um, And that happened to me. I had stopped bleeding. All of a sudden I started bleeding at six weeks and I was like, I can't believe this. I got my period back. And I told my midwife and she was like, there's this hormonal bleed that can happen sometimes around around 6 weeks. Is that something that you have noticed with some of your clients or do you have any information on that?
0: I don't have anything super specific, but I will say that like the hormonal changes after baby can vary and I again, I think it's going to go back to so many of these lifestyle factors and so many factors of like where your hormones were before. But again, like it can just it can just change so much. That like maybe you, you could have that hormonal bleed, like it, but I would see it as more of like a hormonal withdrawal. And mm-hmm. my educated guess basically on that would be that it has something to do with the way your body is able to detox those hormones. Mm-hmm. And so if it's more of like a slow detoxification process or a slow movement out of the body process after childbirth, then maybe it doesn't occur in those first couple of weeks when you're already bleeding anyway, and it's a little bit more delayed that would be my guess on that. Yeah. That totally makes sense. But it was, it was
1: interesting because then I thought, Oh, like, is my period back? But it wasn't like it, I didn't ovulate and have an actual period until, you know, a number of months after that. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Okay. That's really fascinating to hear, but I will stop interrupting you.
0: Let's go back to, to
1: what we were talking about before.
0: That's great. And one more thing on postpartum periods is, almost always you will ovulate before you get that period. So if you want to know when it's coming, if you want to be practicing, you know, natural birth control, you can be taking your temperatures and looking for cervical fluid and you will know when you ovulate. So, you know, not only when that's coming so that you can avoid pregnancy or get pregnant if you want to. Um, but when you know that the ovulation has occurred, then you know when to expect your period too. So you're not just guessing and thinking like once you get past six months or 10 months, like, oh shoot, every day I need to like carry around period stuff. Like there's more to it than that. You can Mm -hmm. definitely be paying attention. Yeah. So going back to your question a little while ago with what can we do when you're pregnant or even when you're early postpartum to support having great periods again, when you Are done when you're ready to start your period again. It's always going to start with nourishment for me, and so when I talk about nourishment, I'm talking about food absolutely, but I'm also talking about your lifestyle and how you are caring for yourself, which is you know what we've already started talking about in this episode. So when I go in to check on someone's nourishment, when we start talking about are you well nourished, the things that I'm going to check in with first are number one, are you eating consistently throughout the day. Do you eat regular meals or are you so busy that it really tends to be more like you skip breakfast or you skip lunch or maybe even both of those things. You don't have a lot of hunger because basically you've suppressed it and you've suppressed your metabolic function and you're just kind of like running around all day maybe eating like your toddlers like lunch leftovers or drinking coffee because that will artificially keep your blood sugar elevated with stress hormones. So those type of things and then being like, "Oh my gosh, I'm literally going to starve at dinner time, eating huge dinner and then maybe also eating like a lot of snacks at night because you're super hungry." Like that type of disordered eating in motherhood is really common and can often be interpreted as a lack of self-control because we what we don't see in ourselves is that like running around all day and how much energy that's taking and how much we're propping ourselves up with coffee and what we do see is us eating a lot of snacks at night and thinking that we have no self-control so if any of that resonates with you that's where i would always start with nourishment is let's just start to get a little bit more consistent with food And even if maybe a tiny part of that resonates with you, I always recommend that you start with eating something within 30 to 60 minutes of waking up in the morning. This is not a drill. This is really important. And if you're listening and you're like, well, I'm not hungry in the morning, so I don't think this applies to me. It still applies to you as women, especially women who have had babies and we're breastfeeding or just recovering postpartum. We need that nourishment and a healthy liver can actually store glycogen, which is the easily used stored form of energy for about eight to 10 hours overnight. Oftentimes, if we have hormone imbalances, our livers are not really doing that well, where they can even store it for that long. And so if you are fasting all night while you're sleeping or while you're not sleeping and you're up with your baby, then when you get to the morning, you need something to fill that tank right away and replenish those glycogen stores. So your stress hormones don't have to spike to keep you alive. Now, if you choose to not eat something right away in the morning because you're not hungry and you have coffee instead because you've been up all night with your baby, you're, you are choosing to spike those stress hormones and that will absolutely contribute to not feeling hungry for one thing, keeping your blood sugar kind of like artificially elevated, but you're going to be more in that fight or flight response. You're going to be more reactive versus responsive and aware of your baby's needs you're going to be more stressed. Depression and anxiety are much more common in that depleted state. So that's why I said, this is not a drill. Like eating breakfast is really important. If you don't have the hunger for it, start super small. I recommend something like applesauce with collagen. That is easy to get down. I recommend, um, I really like, you can just Google like vanilla egg cloud drink. It's pro metabolic. It's everywhere on the internet. Try something (laughs) like that something warm, something comforting, something that you enjoy. Try some bone broth in the morning. If that's not, if that's not for you, that's also fine, but just something small. It doesn't have to be like a bacon and eggs breakfast. The second you wake up, I personally don't do that because if I get up before my kids, I'm not going to waste my time making bacon and eggs. I'm going to like spend the time on what I want to spend it on. So start with breakfast always, and then assess throughout the day what you're getting. And by that, I mean, Look at the quality of your food. That is so important. Um, making sure that you're leaning much more often towards whole foods, organic foods, foods that are going to be more nutrient dense. There are so many resources for that. And that's something that I teach my students in Nourish Your Hormones, like exactly what I mean by that. But starting to get a basic understanding of what you're actually getting is so helpful. And so, something that I actually recommend even in the postpartum phase is like, If you're not really sure and you couldn't tell me what you've eaten the last three days, just start writing it down. You don't have to track it in a fancy app, but just like a couple times a day, write down what you've eaten so far so that you can have an assessment of, wow, I really didn't eat any food today. Or like, I maybe didn't eat anything nourishing. Like I just had like some chips out of the pantry, even if they're healthy chips, or I just had like an apple for breakfast. I'm going to (laughs) assume almost... I mean, such a high percentage of the time when I do this assessment with my clients or with my students, we're not getting enough. And we think we're eating too much because we're eating all the snacks at night. So that is where I would start. And I will tell you that every single time a woman changes her nourishment like that a little bit over time, not with a perfection mindset, you start to feel better. Your energy is better. Your mood is better. Your sleep is better. Your kids are happier because you're happier. Like just that level of nourishment can literally change your life. And mm-hmm. so if looked at the food. I also want you to look at going throughout your day. Are you eating pretty consistently? So I would recommend eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I often like I'll eat that little breakfast and then I'll have a real breakfast an hour or two later. Um, and then maybe you're going to need a snack in the afternoon, or maybe you're going to need a snack at bedtime. Don't do that all at once, slowly work up to it. But if you're missing that piece, you very likely are not going to be able to heal your hormones because you're running on stress hormones and your blood sugar is imbalance. And when your blood sugar is imbalanced, it's truly an emergency in the body. So the more emergencies you have throughout the day on top of what your kids need, the worse your hormones are gonna be.
1: I think that something that's really critical to understand there is the realization that sometimes we think like, oh, like i'm not hungry and i've got energy during the day so i'm fine and recognizing like that is that's not the same type of energy like that is running on adrenaline and maybe you feel like you're like very very productive but what is that doing to our body long term over time and the quality of energy are we like frenetic energy where we're just like la la la, la or are we like this grounded deep like we've got our feet on the ground like there are roots going down type of energy that we're going to be receiving if we are truly nourishing ourselves.
0: Do you see a difference in that? Oh, absolutely. And I can I can say that in myself because as much as I know this and practice this on a very regular basis, I will have a day every once in a while where something's kind of crazy and I realize that I didn't have breakfast or I didn't eat for a while and my blood sugar is much much more stable than it ever has been and I'm still going to be affected, you know, if I don't have the nourishment that I need and I am more tuned into it now. So like, absolutely, I will be snapping at my kids and realize like, th- hold on, this is not who I am as a mom. Like it really truly is not. And that's not because I'm a perfect mom, but like, that's just not necessarily my weakest point. Mm-hmm. Um, But like, when I see that, I can check back in like, okay, hold on, <laughs> like, I don't have something that I need here. And I absolutely see the difference in my own ability and capacity to handle my motherhood when I'm nourished. I love that. I love what you just said too. And this idea of like, that's not who I am.
1: That's not who I am as a mother. For moms who feel like that is who you are, maybe it's actually not who you are. <laughs> maybe it yeah. is this central piece of, oh my goodness, we're just not getting as much nutrition as we need. When we think about how much nutrition it takes like how much well how much energy it takes to grow life to birth a new baby to feed that baby and then to run a household do all of the other things that we're doing wow like that is super super taxing that's that's a lot for anybody so if we add on to that like nutritional depletion <laughs> mineral depletion that's that's extra, extra, extra hard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I love that you touched on minerals because that would be my next step. Once you're at a baseline of eating good food consistently, not perfectly, then if you have been at that baseline and you're like, man, I'm feeling depleted postpartum or my hormones are off, then I always look at minerals next. And one of the reasons for that is we lose a really big percentage of our minerals every single baby that we have. The numbers that I've read are 10 like 10% every baby, and I would definitely bet that none of us are at 100% when we start having babies. And right. so and we've been depleted because our moms were depleted and because our the food is our soils depleted that grows our food. So there's just so much there. So I always think that mineral replenishment is really really important. And the reason that it matters for hormones is because There's actually a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons that it matters for hormones is because your liver plays a really big part in regulating hormones and actually detoxifying and moving excess hormones out of the body. And... When, so first of all, when you're in that blood sugar dysregulation pattern, your liver cannot work well to detoxify because it's trying to keep you alive all the time and keep your blood sugar balanced. So that's really important. So that's a huge trigger for hormone imbalances. But when we talk about minerals, your liver actually also needs really specific minerals to function well and to be able to detoxify well. And so when we're looking at how your body is using these hormones, oftentimes estrogen dominance is probably the most known hormone imbalance. And it is one of the very most common too. Um, And oftentimes that goes back to your body might be making too much because it's making too many stress hormones and that can be Mm -hmm. tied. And so when we're supporting the body with minerals, we're supporting both sides of hormone function because we're supporting the making of hormones in appropriate amounts, but we're also supporting the detoxification of hormones. And so your adrenal glands and your pituitary gland are working together. And so when your body is getting all of these signals to make stress hormones and cortisol, it also is getting signals that it's not really safe to have a baby. So it's not going to prioritize hormone balance, but when we have adequate mineral stores, your adrenal glands are going to be in a much more regulated state. Your stress is going to be in a much more regulated state And so that is one piece of creating safety in the body and creating balanced amounts of hormones, as well as being able to move out the hormones you don't need. So minerals can be a really huge part of that. And there's lots of different ways (laughs) to support your minerals. Um, Sometimes I will do HTMA testing. So hair tissue mineral testing, I think that can be helpful, but if you know for sure that your mineral, like you haven't even considered minerals, then they're probably depleted and there's a place that you can start. And so I always recommend adrenal cocktails. You can also Google recipes for those. It can be super simple. The Jigsaw Health has an adrenal cocktail powder that, that I love. love. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about that because I know who I'm talking to, right? These mamas who have babies, maybe multiple babies, and you need things to be easy. I love the adrenal cocktail powder. I add it just to orange juice and I do it with breakfast to make sure it's not going to imbalance my blood sugar. So that can be the easiest way to start adding in some minerals. That one has sodium and potassium as well as vitamin C, whole food, vitamin C, which is really great for your ovaries and really great for progesterone production. So adrenal cocktails, hands down my favorite for mamas. Um, and you can definitely start with that once a day, see how you feel. You may love it and want to even move up to twice a day super appropriate during postpartum because you are just giving so much of yourself. And then the other mineral that I recommend kind of across the board, although of course this is not anything that can be like truly taken as specific advice or medical advice, but across the board in general, I see that magnesium is depleted often in mamas. And the reason that it's depleted, so you can assess this for yourself, is when we're under stress, we use a ton of magnesium. It's a very calming hormone in the body and it's very depleted in our soil. So if you have ever been under any kind of stress or your mom ever was under any kind of stress, you very likely might need some magnesium. With magnesium, there are a million different types of magnesium. I, I wouldn't say that... I would say quality matters. Um, and probably many types of magnesium could be helpful. But some of the ones that I see the most helpful for. Um, especially like if you're feeling more anxious or if you're feeling more kind of like that frenetic energy that you were talking about, I really like magnesium glycinate. I found that that one be really calming, um, magnesium malate can be more of an energizing magnesium that you can take in the morning, which is really nice. I like doing an oral version of magnesium as well as a topical version. And so topical magnesium could be Epsom salt baths, which are really great for detoxification that is gentle enough for, for, uh, pregnancy or postpartum. And then I also really like the um, Magnesium Lotion from Earthly. Oh, cool. Have you tried that one? It smells so good. Really clean. Good price. Like, I just really, really like it. And it doesn't sting, which so many magnesium, like, lotions and sprays sting. So yeah. that's why I recommend that one. But that's doing perfect. doing those things will go a really long way towards supporting your minerals.
1: That's great. I'm really excited to hear about that just because I have always been uh, – I tried to make sure that my girls my daughters get the topical magnesium um mm-hmm. but they are very sensitive and so it's always like i have to spray this just on the bottoms of your feet that's the only place yeah. that it won't itch or sting or whatever so i didn't even realize earthly had a magnesium so i will
0: yeah. <laughs> be putting that in the cart today Yes, I love it. My kids love it too. It smells great. They have a sensitive skin version, but I have the regular version. I've never had any issues with stinging, which is so nice. Wow this is i mean this is
1: really great information just across the board. It's wonderful. I love how so many things are you know we focus on the basics and it heals so many different aspects and um this idea of painful periods and uh, dysregulated periods postpartum, um, it does seem so, quote, normal because it is so common. But I love the fact that you're you're shedding light on the fact that, yeah, but common does not equal normal. That this isn't what not we have lot. to be living. This isn't the way that it has to be. We can have um, these, easier, these easier experiences of
0: having our period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the things that I have mentioned so far are where I would always recommend starting. And then depending on where you are in your journey, if you are already getting your period back postpartum and you have painful periods or any of the symptoms that I mentioned, or really at any point in your journey, you're having those symptoms or you had them in the past. So you're hoping to prevent them happening again when you get your period back, then that's where it does get a little bit more personalized. So once we know that the basics are in place, those make a huge difference. And then from there, based on where you are postpartum, if you're breastfeeding, that's where we really start to focus on more specific liver support as well as more specific nutrient support and really figuring out, you know, more specifically for you, what's going on. And so my, Nourish your hormones is my signature method and it's in a video course format. And so you, you can definitely start with that information and get, and I have more specifics in the course as well on more specific symptoms. And I have an option to do group coaching as well, along with the course. And so that's where you really get to come face to face and ask your questions that are more specific to you. Because again, like so much of this is very across the board, like we all have to be eating food. We all have to be sleeping to feel good. And then there are going to be, you know, everyone's, everyone's period's different. We're all at a different point in our motherhood. And so that's where you can get more specific question and answer support on that. Can you share some of the most
1: common issues that you are seeing mothers experience with their postpartum periods?
0: Yeah. So I think that much of the time, what I see is I see painful periods the very most often. And those painful periods can range from, I think so much of the time I like just smile because I hear my clients say, or my, you know, someone who's talking to me say, well, my periods are fine. Like I only have to take ibuprofen one day or like two days or something like that. And even that is out of normal. Like we should, I don't really like to use word should actually, but like our bodies are very capable and what they're really created to do is have periods that are not painful. And so really like when you get your period, you can expect that a good period would not ruin your day. You wouldn't have to take any medication. You would just bleed. It wouldn't be excessive where you have to be like checking every two seconds to make sure you're not bleeding through your cup or your pad or whatever you're using. And so what I see really commonly is PMS symptoms like feeling really irritable and overwhelmed and moody for a couple of days to a week before your period, or even sometimes during your period. I see that so often and especially postpartum because it is just such a transition in your life and you have one more kid than you've ever had, or maybe two, if you have twins, (laughs) have more kids than you've ever had before. And this is the hardest it's ever been. And so Those, those type of mood symptoms show up absolutely from hormone imbalances. And there's usually underlying hormone imbalances, but also it comes from that like lifestyle of feeling overwhelmed and feeling stressed. And then this is just a time where your body is much more sensitive, where you can't handle it as, as well as you potentially would other times of your cycle. And one thing I was talking to one of my clients yesterday, and she mentioned to me, she was like, this is crazy because I've had two kids. I'm a grown woman, but I actually never even realized that my irritability was cyclical. Like I just thought that sometimes I was irritated. And so creating that awareness of like, where are these symptoms happening in your cycle can be huge. And I mentioned PMS, like in that last week of your cycle, the luteal phase, most often, but some women have, those similar symptoms before ovulation. And often that comes from um, estrogen imbalances as well. And so just start to pay attention to where that is in your cycle, but that's super common, especially for moms. And then going back to the painful periods, I see any range from like, oh, I only have to take ibuprofen one day to like, I'm on the couch for three days and I'm debilitating, like in debilitating pain, as well as often there are other symptoms with that, like other body aches or even throwing up or headaches or super exhaustion. Like, There's a huge range, but that's what I see the very most often is those type of symptoms. Sometimes I'll see irregular periods after babies too. And often that does come from moms who had irregular periods before babies. And so sometimes it can be like a PCOS picture, but it doesn't always have to be. What I notice the most is like when we go back to those basics I've already mentioned, usually we see some forward motion and then we can start to assess from there. Yeah.
1: I remember with my uh, with my second is when I started having migraines. Like I'd yeah. never had period issues, always had been consistent. And then after my second daughter, when my period came back, I started experiencing migraines. And it took me a little bit to realize like oh this is related to my cycle you know and then and then i began to work on it from there but that's the other thing is when we're <laughs> when we are in postpartum sometimes it can be kind of hard to like to just put the pieces together of like oh this is what's going on and then mm-hmm. realizing like all right now we're just going to slowly dig ourselves out of this deficiency um can you speak to that like j- just really briefly i because i do I remember being in that place with my last pregnancy or my last postpartum where I was like, okay, like I need to make changes, but I'm exhausted. So like, how am I going to dig myself out of this
0: when I'm exhausted? Yeah, that's such a good question. It has to start with just one thing at a time and really giving yourself enough grace to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And I know that that Sometimes truly like help is not available, but I know in my own experience, usually I'm just not willing to basically humble myself enough to ask for help. Or I don't, I, I think I come at it from a perspective of like other people are busy. I don't want to bother them kind of thing, but truly, especially in that postpartum, like so many other moms, their hearts are for you and they're super willing to help And even your husband, like if you can help him understand what you're going through or your experience, like he wants you to feel better. He wants Mm -hmm. you to be in a place where you can like, you know, kind of like get back to a general resemblance of your regular self. And, you know, we're always going to be different after our babies because it's such an empowering and like life-changing experience. But that would be my biggest tip is like ask for help. And so if you've listened to this and you're thinking, you know, Hey, I'm really not eating enough. Or I'm not eating consistently or my, if you've listened to it and you're like every single thing you said, I'm not doing that's okay. And don't start with everything. Start with breakfast and ask your husband, you know, I'm going to be in bed with the baby. Still. Will you please bring me applesauce and collagen? Or will you warm up some milk with me for me with some honey in it? And like, will you bring it? And maybe you'll have to ask every single day. And it's okay to ask every single day until you get to the point where you can do it yourself. And so I would say just literally start with something small, ask for help where you need it. And you don't have to make all those changes at once because one little change is going to make a tiny little step forward that you feel like the capacity is there to do the next step.
1: Mm,
0: I love that. I I just
1: love what you said about asking your husband for help, getting your husband on board as well. One thing that I have noticed and and this comes you know I'm I'm thinking about birth but this is so true with postpartum is we forget to invite our spouses in and we forget that our success actually directly benefits them so when we are successfully nourished when we are able to start digging out of that hole they are directly impacted in the most positive way your husband does not want you to feel miserable. It, 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 there's no way. And so if we can give him a way to be the hero like and, and show like, hey, I realized, I just realized I am so depleted. Like I am, I am in this super depleted state and this is what I've learned about this. And so I am so glad that I have you and that you can support me in this. Here are some things that I'm thinking. Like, do you think that we can make this work? that allows him to be able to take active support in this and to feel like the hero that he is. I mean, how amazing is that to have a team? Um so I I love that you brought that up and I I love to remind moms like you can present this in a light that shows like oh my gosh, like this is going to be so good for our relationship. Like Thank you for, for being my spouse. Thank you for being this person that I can rely on to make me breakfast right now when I have to lay in bed with the baby. Um, mm-hmm. That was That was such a good point.
0: Yeah, and I think especially for first-time dads or dads who are working a lot and they're not like as present in the home, they can feel kind of helpless and Mm -hmm. their life has changed dramatically too. Like they used to have, especially if it's your first baby, like they used to just have their wife who was like super capable and could do all the things. And now they have a helpless wife for a minute. And Mm -hmm. I mean that in the most loving way, but like, that's how I felt. And a brand new baby who's like truly helpless. (laughs) And your wife is trying to like focus everything on the baby and she's maybe falling apart a little bit like as she's like learning how to be a mom and there's so much that they can't do especially if like you're nursing and you know like there's there's just a lot that like and the baby wants you there's so much that I've I've loved seeing my husband's journey with multiple kids because it's like just he's just integrated so much more as I've known how to like support him in knowing what he can do. And also just as he's taken that on, but especially for first time dads, like their life has totally changed and they would love to help. Like they want you to be thriving. They want your baby to be thriving. And so if there's, you know, simple things like that, that you can, you can get clear on, Hey, this is something that I need. Oftentimes they're super willing to help. And so it almost like really helps their transition too. But also another thing that I was just going to say, as I'm talking about this is, Asking for help with the baby is okay too. Yeah. And absolutely, you know, you want to be creating that connection and spending that time with him and hopefully nursing. And like for me, especially with our second and third, it was like middle of the night, diaper changes, that's dad. Middle of the night, baby won't go back to sleep and he doesn't want to nurse, that's dad. <laughs> like, because clearly, like those are things he can help with and they're truly so helpful when you're yeah. tired. And so just, Opening your mind a little bit to asking for that support wherever it needs to happen can be really, really helpful in your emotional and physical journey postpartum.
1: Mm -hmm. And so much of this, if you're postpartum right now, you can make these changes right now. Like, don't feel like, oh, well, we didn't do that at the beginning. And so now, you know, it's too late. But also, if you are not postpartum yet, if you are in your pregnancy still, Oh my word what a perfect time to begin making these or having these discussions having this type of communication where we're opening up and talking about these things before they happen so that we are on the same page so that we are making a game plan and so that we are eliminating that sense of helplessness because you know Alicia that happens postpartum for for really moms and dads but that's another one of those things that that is so applicable to the birth scenario as well where if we don't realize the capacity that our husbands can play as our protector as our provider as our advocate you know they can go into that experience feeling helpless as well it's not happening to them this birth is not happening to them this postpartum is not happening to them they're just having to sit on the sidelines and watch but the reality is is actually we can pull them in we can we can give them So many opportunities to support us, but it does come with communication, being on the same page. Um, These things are just so, so critical and so helpful to do during pregnancy, if at
0: all possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so true. I love that.
1: Oh, man, this has been so helpful. And I know that you mentioned the ways that that moms can work with you, but would you mind going over that again really quickly um, for those moms who maybe missed it the first time? This sounds like (sighs) such a helpful thing, especially when we're talking about this idea of, okay, like we, it may feel a little bit like you're kind of digging yourself out in that postpartum phase, but to have somebody to have a resource that's there with you, supporting you and guiding you through that experience. How lovely is that? So can you share what it is that you
0: do? Yeah, absolutely. So I have my course, Nourish Your Hormones, and that is truly the method that I've created over the last several years and used over and over again with my one-on-one clients and then even in some group programs. And so hundreds of women have been through this at this point, and I've really honed it to the point where it works for mamas. It works for you postpartum. It really can meet you where you are because it's it's not only very step-by-step and simplified to the greatest extent that I can, but also like you have time to go through it. So you can start with a little piece and then you can come back in two months, or you can go through the whole thing at once. And you also have the option to do group coaching as well, which is every other week, zoom calls with me in a setting where you can come and ask your questions. You can feel empowered. You can feel encouraged. You can feel safe and also meet a community of other women who are in a similar place as you. And so that's where I love being able to hold other mamas because as mamas, like we're holding so much and we're the ones usually kind of feeling like we're holding everything together. And so I want to create that experience for you where you don't have to figure everything out on your own and you don't have to google a million different things about hormone balance because there's so much information out there and it can be so overwhelming. And the thing that I get asked the most is like, I know that I have a hormone problem, so where do I start? And that's exactly what I teach you. Whatever step of the journey you are at basically. And so Nourish Your Hormones is the main way to work with me as well as the group coaching that can be added onto that. And then if you're listening to this, you obviously are a podcast fan. And I also have a podcast and it's called Happily Hormonal. I did not copy Caitlin's name. We just happen to have similar similar podcast naming tendency. We love alliteration. <laughs> but, yes. And so I go deep into so many different things that are related to hormone balance and nourishment in that podcast. And so I'd love to meet you over there um, and see you there. And I'm also on Instagram to a lesser extent, but my Instagram is at Lisha Drews. Perfect.
1: We will definitely link all of that in the show notes. And Lisha, it was just such an honor to have you on the podcast. You shared so much valuable information. Um, I just love the way that you're supporting mothers and supporting families. So thank you so, so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. How helpful was that? I love how Leisha made this information so accessible and so, so bite-sized. Wherever you are in your journey, whether that's preconception, pregnancy, or postpartum, this is for you. You can begin right now, right where you are. We can focus on our nutrition, our minerals, our hormones now, so that when we experience the normal, beautiful stressors of birth and postpartum, our bodies are ready to carry us through and we can provide them with the support that they need little by little. All right. That is all that I've got for you for today. Leisha's information will be in the show notes. Be sure to go check out her incredible podcast, happily hormonal and her amazing offers. I will see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth
0: Podcast.